How's it, Mzanzi? Welcome to Farmer's Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmer's podcast. This is episode 240. I'm your host, Dornumdu. He describes himself as a foolish chancer. It ultimately led him to a fulfilling career in agriculture. Muhammad Abrams, founder of Good News Natural Produce, farms chilies on the West Coast in the Western Cape. And in this edition, he talks more about his farming journey, navigating the chili value chain, and the endless opportunities the sector offers budding agriculturalists. Thank you so much for joining me here on Farmers Inside Track. It's such a pleasure to be chatting to you, Muhammad, and I'm hoping to get to know you a little bit more. I enjoy starting with, you know, just growing up years, telling me a little bit more about your fondest memories, just more about you and, you know, where it all started. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Growing up, interesting place, interesting time. Grew up in a place called Lotus River. It was kind of the edge of civilization in the southern suburbs in Cape Town. You know, opposite me was this large bush full of Port Jackson trees. And beyond that, there were all the palms of Philippi. I always remember in the evenings, we used to get the strange manure coming with the sea breeze. We used to explore and go through the bush and found this place that used to do compost. And we used to see them growing all these vegetables and, and just year in, year out. You know, there'd be carrots and cabbages and all these things. That's kind of how, how I grew up, not in a farm setting, pretty close to it. Then my interest took me elsewhere to IT and computers, reading, and that's how I got where I am today. Now, what led you to agriculture specifically? And obviously, you had a different career before this, and you're still working in that industry at the moment, alongside your farming but if you could kind of pinpoint something, you're like, yeah, let me do this. I think it's viable. I think it's something that can work in terms of growing in yourself, in your business, establishing your agricultural business. Was there like a light bulb moment? Like, yeah, this is actually something that I can do for you when you start in agriculture. I'm a bit of a, a foolish chancer. So I always believe I can do anything. Always try my hand at it. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I fail. But I always learn something from it. And looking at the different industries, a bit more mature now, bad responsibilities, you realize people only need computer help occasionally. You go into the medical field, you get sick maybe once or twice in your lifetime, you, you'll have some major illness. But you have to eat every day. And this is really what made agriculture stand out as a, a business decision in that there's always a demand. And it was really just about finding out how to do it. And then once I found out how to do it, it was all about trying to find the best way in doing it, optimizing that those processes, optimizing your production, as they would call it. And really what sealed the deal for me was when I saw people taking that chili that I had grown, putting it into their mouths, biting it, enjoying it, and bringing a smile to their face. I mean, think about it. I mean, that's a pretty intimate thing that you're engaging with someone, where you're engaging with someone on this level, because we're very careful of what we put inside our mouths. And yeah, this person, my customer, has trusted me enough to allow my product into their body. And if you look at, at industries, the only other industry that's going to do this is probably the medical. I think that in terms of fulfillment and in terms of feeling like you're contributing something really good to society, to humanity at large, agriculture is the only thing really that's going to do that for you. Yeah, no, definitely. And people have become a lot more conscious of the food that they eat, where their food comes from. 
And so much of what we focus on now in agriculture is around traceability. You know, people want to know who the farmer is, who's growing their food. And I think that's a very important aspect. And you've actually answered my next question to some extent in terms of, you know, what are some of your career highlights and why you actually, what do you enjoy most about what you do and why do you do it? If you could just elaborate a little bit on that. The nice thing about the agriculture is that that obviously you, you always have new challenges, you always have new adventures you can embark on. And initially, you know, we were kind of settled into, ah, you know, we know how this works. Then you actually reach the challenges now of taking this thing and, and scaling it. And it's a new challenge that's also very rewarding when you're able to grow from 20 chili trees and maybe 10 kilos of produce to tonnage, and now you're producing tons. And then you think, you know, you've, you've, you've reached the epitome of what the chili farmer can do. Then you discover, oh, but I can make sauces. And then you attend a sauce festival or something, go to a market where you put your sauces out there. And you basically now have to compete against uh, other people making sauces. And you find a new challenge and a new reward in that as well. So I just like the limitlessness of it in that you, are, you have this vast freedom to be able to innovate and to be able to decide about what it is you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it. And the output really is going to speak to, to those decisions that you've made. That being said, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't work out and you have to really take it with a pinch of salt, be steadfast in, in what you set out to do. Don't get demotivated because of small little setback. Sometimes we're holding on too much to what it is we currently have and that precludes us from being able to receive something new that we need you know, in our lives. Today's age, you know, farmers post pretty pictures of their produce and once it's like, ready for the market. It looks so attractive, but they don't talk about the challenges. So you don't mm -hmm. see the bad side of farming sometimes. You do it, but then it's very extreme, but there are day-to-day -day struggles that you go through, especially if you're starting out in the industry. Um, and maybe you can give us some insight in terms of that. How did you decide to focus on your specific commodity and what did you do differently once you saw that this is an avenue that you want to go into? There's this term or, or you know, reference towards new farmers being rainbow farmers, where you don't focus on one specific commodity. You do a little bit of everything, which doesn't always work. And how did that specifically change the game for you when it comes to running your agricultural enterprise? I'm a proud graduate of Rainbow Farmers Academy. <laughs> and yeah, I have, to, I have to thank my wife. She told me, you know what, you're all over the show. You're trying to do everything at once. And I can see you able to do it. But look at the chilies. Chilies are working. And then I thought, you know what, my mother also likes chilies. So it was my wife and my mother that really pushed me over into this, uh, this sort of thing. And I saw, you know, the chilies is working, number one. It's working for our climate. So for new, new farmers, I'm going to have to say this. These are the steps now in, in retrospect. Start with the market. Find a buyer for what it is you're planning to produce. Because you can be good at producing anything, given enough price. But if you don't have someone to sell it to and to convert it into cash, you are quickly to run into issues with your business. You can't pay ESCOM. You can't pay rent. Your partner is going to be unhappy with you. You can't put food on the table or you can't do whatever they like for you to do. Your children are going to be unhappy for you not paying school fees. You're just in the field growing things. And unfortunately, we don't have a barter economy, so it's difficult to, to barter your produce for other essentials like diesel, for example, or petrol or spare parts. 
and you're going to find yourself hobbling along and eventually resenting the thing that you love the most, which is out there in the field with the sun in your face, feeling the wind in your hair and just being in touch with nature. So even though that's enough payment for you personally, it doesn't cut it in business. And you can see that there's been a large movement or push now, even government and development programs that said, whatever you're going to do, no matter how much you romanticize it, if it's not covering its expenses, it's a liability and no one is going to support you. Okay, so you need to come to the party and show I've got a business model around. That being said, we found the market pretty early on, phoned around, went to places with your, is this something that you would buy? We saw there is actually a shortage here of suppliers who are supplying in the specific market in terms of, of, of the chilies or who are close enough to the specific markets that we were in. Number two, how does this thing that you've got a market for, how does it grow? So that research needs to go sort of contemporaneously. It needs to happen at the same time. Can this thing grow? Is your soil type okay to grow this thing? Have you done a soil test? Have you done a water test? Do these, is your soil conditions and your water conditions conducive to growing this particular product or without too much added fertilizer? Because those are expenses and those expenses are going to cut into your bottom line. So can you grow this thing profitably? It's your second question. Once you have a market, can you grow the thing profitably? If you can grow it profitably, find supply into your market. If you can't grow it profitably, maybe best for you to go buy that chili or that produce from someone else and sell it to your market and use that money you're getting to make something else happen. So, so once you've decided on something that you have a market for, focus on that thing. Build your cash flow. And you can only build your cash flow if you're building your production and the amount of production. And you can only get your production in order if you're optimizing your production. You can't do the same thing you were doing last year or the year before. And you're still having problems and you're still having cash flow issues. It means that something you are doing needs to change. So you need to look at how are you watering? Is this the most optimal way? You know, in some places, uh, broadcast printer, best way. Other places you have to go microjet or drip irrigation. But you need to do the sum to see, okay, if I go this way, is it going to give me a yield or a benefit? If I go this way, is it going to make my operation smoother? I.e., I give you a good example. If you're going to use drip irrigation, plowing that land now between cycles is, is a bit more labor intensive because you have to remove the drip. Then you can plow or rotate or make beds and then you can put it back in. So in some cases, it doesn't work out. If you're using an annual crop, then maybe drip irrigation is better. And if you're using a crop where you have to work the land in between every crop, you may be using permaculture concepts or organic concepts where you low tillage, where you're putting cover crops in and you need to till that back into the ground as compost for your, for your next cycle. Then you want to be going microjet or something else. So you need to look at all of these factors, your irrigation, how you're scheduling your labor, how much money are you spending on weeding, for example. This is an early optimization that we found. We were spending an enormous amount of money in the in the cooler seasons, weeding in between our plants. And then we explored things like cover crops, we explored things like mulching, we explored things like, I looked at things like the herbicides, but we never used herbicides because I wanted to avoid the chemical. So once you have this, this optimal kind of system, then you can grow your production. So you can take this thing, copy paste it to another lot of land, have more output at the best possible efficiency in terms of producing and now you can grow your income but in the meantime what you want to do is just have a consistent turnaround where money is coming in some money it's okay let that some money come in you grow that money over a cycle of years 
as long as you know how to consistently get the product out, get the product to market, get the product sold, get paid, repeat the cycle. That's some of the optimizations you can do. And here, your only goal, it may sound difficult to you if you're starting up. You look at that guy there with his huge farm and his huge hundreds and thousands of hectares of monoculture of the same thing. Am I going to get there? It must be so difficult. No, your only goal here is to be better than the day before. That's it. Real sound advice, Muhammad, and I think you've given us a lot to think about. And I'm sure many of our Farmers Inside Track listeners will go through your list and hopefully implement, especially for the newbies out there. We are running short on time a little bit, but maybe just briefly around your brand, Good News Chilies, what do you do? What do you offer before we wrap up? Good News Chilies produces chilies. We're in the Western Cape and we do chili sauces. We've got a Good News Chili Relish, which is one of our... Very, very popular products. Got our Ngozi, means danger, yellow habanero sauce. Our vision really is to be a one-stop shop for anything to do with chilies in the, in the Western Cape and eventually the country and even in, in, in the world. That is the vision we'll be working towards. We do contract farming on chilies. We supply fresh chilies. We supply sauces. And we're really passionate about partnering. We realize, you know, we can't do it. And we're not people that have unlimited capital, so we can't employ everyone. But we can help everyone to do a little bit. We can work together with everyone to help them to get somewhere. And in that entire ecosystem, there we all of us would be as people and, and as well. The good news from good news is that you can do it. You've gotten so far in life. But put your mind before your heart so that you can make a success of it. And don't listen to negativity from people around you, especially your competition, especially farmers who are already farming, especially farmers who are already farming and who haven't made any success of their farming. If you are going to listen to them, you are going to be in the same position as them. What you need to do is you need to push on, push forward, forget the weekends. Or get a nice time, like they say, you know. Those things will come when your cash flow will come. Then you take your family on a holiday for a month. Those are the types of rewards. Remember, it's not a monthly cycle. If you're coming out of employment and you want to go into farming, the cycle now is seasonal. It's a minimum three months. It's a minimum a year. If you miss the opportunity, it's another year. You have to wait for it. So very time sensitive. Anyone wants to know things about chilies, I'm here to help you. You can get my contact details at the site. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Um, and I think we could probably talk about chilies and good news chili for like an entire day. But if you could, you know, leave a message to yourself from say five years ago, what would you say? And then also if you're listening to this podcast in 10 years time, inshallah, what would you say to your future self? I'm sending the message back in time, I would say, you know, if I had only focused five years ago on one commodity, on specializing and becoming really good in producing one specific thing, then I would be 10 years ahead <laughs> right now of my production in terms of the capacity that I've been able to, to achieve. And if I'm listening to it in 10 years' time, if I'm still alive in 10 years' time, then I'd congratulate myself that farming didn't kill me. And that I actually had the time to sit around and listen to podcasts for 10 years time. And that's a wrap. Thanks once again for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Muhammad Abrams, founder of Good News Natural Produce. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Numdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fent, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, keep farming and keep thriving. 
Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.